We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1989 comedy UHF. Oh, Ricky, I'm a big boy. You don't have to spell in front of me. You're right. Uh, ultra high frequency. Oh, that's what that is. Yes. <laughs> I've been pronouncing it oof. 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 Now, for those of you who don't know, um, UHF, it used to be how we saw things on the television. Oh. I feel like this uh, This is one of our few uh, podcasts that actually require uh, a significant history lesson. Uh, so, I'm just going to go back there. Uh, well, before you do that, we're reviewing UHF because coming to streaming very soon is WandaVision, the show that we know almost nothing about. But we know but it, it involves some kind of television references. Some kind so of... UHF. Yeah, and so... Uh, first off, the, the poster for UHF is one of my favorites. It has Weird Al on it. And then uh, at the top of it, it says, A lot of TV stations have forgotten what quality means, but not Channel 62. They never knew what it meant. Uh-huh. And then it says, UHF TV, the way it was meant to be seen in a movie theater. And so it's just, <laughs> it's just, I mean, that they sold me a ticket just with that. Uh, but the way that television broadcasts happened, those little bunny ears and antennas, that is how uh, TV signals were sent, uh, and you had a range of frequency. Uh, and it used to be uh, UHF, which was ultra-high frequency, that was a higher or highest bandwidth. That's like how television was distributed out to people. So you like would turn to a station, and then you would just be able to see tv depending on how you arranged your antennas like i have like a portable little tv that has like a little collapsible antenna that you back in the day when those signals were live and active you would be able to see tv and so that's how television existed uh but nowadays it's all through the internet wires i don't really know how it works but it is no URL. longer through. yeah url frequency oh getting ahead on the sequel oh man okay uh weird al we know you're a listener uh first off thank you secondly let give us a second we just we have some things we need to write like the script uh so that's what uhf is refer- referring to and that is also what uh this whole movie is kind of surrounding uh, local cable access television shows that were more prevalent within uh, local communities. So nothing says a, a a movie review podcast about movies from the past quite like explaining how UHF frequencies work oh. for television of the past. So this is a this is a movie review podcast about mm-hmm. a movie that parodies movies. But takes place mm-hmm. in a television studio, mm-hmm. and I think I got to the end of it. I think yeah, I followed. And if you, yeah, and if you got to the end of that sentence, welcome. You're in the right place. Uh, so UHF is a movie uh, starring everyone's favorite parody comedian, at least my favorite parody comedian, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, and uh, it is following him 
and his um his antics they basically wanted to give him a vehicle to be weird out on this big screen uh but the story is an unemployed visionary becomes the manager of a local public tv station and the station becomes a success with all sorts of hilarious sight gags and wacky humor so now for your weird owl history lesson so weird owl is a uh parody musician uh who has hits such as uh eat it a parody of michael jackson's beat it uh like a surgeon uh parody of madonna's like a virgin uh so on forth so forth he is one of the most prominent musical artists because his career has spanned so many decades in styles and genres um all around parody he's kind of like cornered the market uh and he first kind of made his debut in the 80s and i mean people love weird al the same way that they currently love weird al and um and he just had two very successful albums that uh were released uh and after his second successful studio album in 1985 his manager jay levy got to thinking about how they could you know expand al's talent into other venues and so they came up with a story concept uh around al's approach to his music videos because in addition to his parody song uh stylings he also made music videos that were just very outlandish very sight gaggy and just overall really funny and we see one Uh, of them in these movie in the movie the the beverly hills music video yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know they talk we've talked about this before in the podcast and uh, i want to say it's mel brooks who is cited with this but you parody things that you love right and so uh he parodied just a bunch of musicians and he for the like almost exclusively gets the permission from the artist to parody them, uh, even though he doesn't have to. But anyway, uh, so they wanted to find a concept that would lend itself well to his approach to his music videos, making parodies of other works. And so um, they ultimately uh, came up with the idea of a concept of Al being the owner of a small-time UHF station. Um, And these parodies of these different shows was born and they were like, well, we want to kind of make it around the same kind of template that the other movie parody giant airplane, um, kind of used where they had just a very loose plot, but enough to string together a bunch of really funny sketches and parodies of other movies and stylings of things like that. The movie found its way to Orion pictures, which before movies are made, they uh, do a pretty decent, uh, testing. They do some audience testing and UHF was like tested higher than like, any other other movies so orion pictures which you probably don't hear from much now because uh they no longer exist the same way that they used to but they used to be one of the other studios that produced some movies uh and so they were really banking on uhf being like their saving grace and when they made this movie in 1988 and then it was released in 1989 they were just just what what's, what's the term Mm. viciously attacked by the box office mm. so 1989 the summer of 8 to 9 had a lot of steep competition it was released in the same year that Lethal Weapon 2 Ghostbusters 2 Honey I Shrunk the Kids Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade Dead Poet Society When Harry Met Sally Ellipses 
Batman. It went up against Batman. Mm, that's uh, tough. Yeah, and so that's the world in which this movie came out. And, and with a budget of $5 million, it went on to make $6.1 million at the box office, which was, you know, according to the 80s, uh, a box office flop, even though it did just make its money back. It didn't, it didn't create a big profit for them. Uh, and it was, you know, a, a kind of a bittersweet for Al. Um, they were trying to market the movie and um, other markets. Uh, and so they kind of rebranded it to the original title uh, that Al pitched, which was Vidiot. Um, <laughs> and they called it the Vidiot from UHF and other uh, markets, but it just never really uh, picked up there. But ever since it was released on DVD in, I want to say, like 2004, uh, it was a number one bestseller, um, and it has since become a cult classic by Weird Al fans, and um, it's uh, it's had some real-life impact. The billboard for Spatula City, uh, the production actually bought a billboard... <laughs> And for months after the movie, drivers taking the exit would ask nearby businesses about Spatula City. And then they would remove the ads. Uh, and it was uh, it was all shot in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma and in some Dallas area. So uh, oh, wow. it's uh, it's also become somewhat of a uh, a local fan favorite, if you will. Uh, and that's. That's kind of the the long and short of UHF. It features so many actors, um, so many actors before their careers have went completely different directions. But it's not only starring Weird Al. It's starring Victoria Jackson, mm -hmm, uh, Kevin McCarthy, yeah. uh, Michael Richards, David Bowe, uh, which I thought was Bowie the first time I watched it. And Just then waiting. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Stanley Brock, Anthony Geary, uh, Trinidad Silva, uh, who actually passed away in a tragic car accident before um, he could actually film the rest of his parts for this movie. And he's uh, the animal wrangler? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We also have Getty Watanabe, Billy Barton, John, uh, Paragon, Fran Drescher, and Ebo Phillips, who uh, in a... <laughs> VH1 behind the music, they actually show him holding a uh, a royalty residual check of 30 cents from UHF. Uh. And he's like, this is uh, what this movie has done for me. This is also uh. typically the part of the show where I share uh, awards and accolades that the movie has received. And um, now we're going to move on to the next part of the show. <laughs> There's just nothing. There's not even a Razzie, which no. is typically it's one way or the other. But right, uh, yeah, it it's it, it is uh, acclaimed in the hearts of those who see it. I feel like is is what the main thing is. Absolutely, Th this movie. So here's the thing about this movie that I love the most. It's that Weird Al. I grew up loving Weird Al even before I knew who he was. I remember I first heard. Uh, I want to say eat it on the radio, uh, and I was like, "Wait, that's that's not, that's not beat it. What's happening? Those aren't and, the words." And I've just been a huge fan of his. And then I retrospectively uh, found out about Al TV, 
um, all the segments that he had on MTV anytime he had an album come out or just it just felt like they would just let him in the studio on MTV whenever he wanted and he would just basically do this he would have these uh, interview fake interviews with these celebrities who would come up with different commercials and all these other things it's just I just love his talent and his sense of humor uh, that he is able to cultivate throughout these years, decades even. I just loved all the sketches and the commercials for the shows that they came up with. Uh, I just found I was just laughing out loud at some of the segments. Like, are you tired of cut rate funerals? <laughs> it's just just bodies just fully extended from the ground just like legs into grass and i was like of course this would be weird al's humor and uh spatula city just everything and so all of those different uh venues were just uh or all those vehicles for him to just showcase his really bizarre uh commentary on television as well as just giving him a platform to be, just do a bunch of sketches because this is also before uh, you know, YouTube. Like, if if they were to just, ha- I feel like this is what it would be on the rest of the time. Wayne's World. Like after Wayne's World ends, it's just the rest of whatever UHF shows you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just really, really fun to see that. Uh, and I just, I just wanted more of it. I, if they would have just said. Weird Al is like, hey, I, I got to make a movie. He just walks on screen and saying, here's a bunch of sketches. Uh, and I I would have just been completely fine with that. Because uh, he he is timeless. Like, he, with the, with the exception of, like, the premise of UHF, uh, this movie really does hold up surprisingly well. Um, just with the references that they make and the... Uh, comedy that they have in there. Um, yeah, they parody I, pretty iconic movies, so it ages pretty well. But there's also some that are a little more hidden, like references to network and things like that. Right. Uh, so it's a nice blend of it. And similarly with the sketches and that bizarre nature, it, it was fun to see most recently at the time of this recording, Weird Al pop up in uh, the Netflix show Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. And he plays a a vampire, I think, in that. And so to see that kind of, you know, passing of the torch to another just surreal sketch comedy uh, powerhouse, really, just with the amount of content that's being generated, it's fun to go back to the beginning of this and be like, oh, yeah, pre-YouTube, pre-Netflix, all that. You just had to put it all together in a movie to get it featured. (laughs) I think that his talent and his presence is so undeniable that other people, anytime they have a chance to work with him, they say, yes, please. You know, he's the voice of one of the main characters in Milo Murphy's Law, an animated TV show uh, on Disney Channel. He inspired and was part of several uh, skits um, in Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. Uh, he was even the band leader and co-host of uh, Comedy Bang Bang. He is just, I feel like, a a comedy legend, uh, even beyond his music and his his sketches. Like he's more than just a a bit character. Like his 
wit and humor is just uh, undeniable. So I've, I, I just really enjoyed this for just having another reason to really enjoy Weird Al's work. Yeah, similar to like Steve Martin, where you know, he's really good at something, which because he's good at that by extension, he's also really excellent at a bunch of other things. He's just a talented guy. Yeah. And this movie felt really personal and especially like wrapped up in Weird Al at the time. Um, so yeah, it was fun to watch it. I originally saw this movie back in middle school for the first time. I think it was around the time that the Running with Scissors album came out, um, which for me, you know, the saga begins was a, really just a whole nother level. Uh, yes, being able to to go line by line and summarize uh, at the time it was just such a huge movie. Yeah. Um, and kind of pull the weirdness out of what that was. And so that was my intro into it. And I think I may have got the Netflix DVD of it at some point. Um, But yeah, I I was familiar with this movie, but I felt like my memory of specific moments was just totally wiped over. It was like I was watching it for the first time in a lot of ways. Um, but also with someone that you know so well. Because like you and I even have gone to a Weird Al concert together. And watching Incredible him show. live. Oh, oh, what what an experience. I've seen him live twice now. And it is... He, one time he did like an acoustic... Uh, I think I called uh, the, uh, the ill-advised tour. Because it was just like... We're just gonna we're gonna go perform and we're not gonna play any of our hits. It's just gonna be <laughs> all deep cuts. And I got to watch him perform Albuquerque live, which Oh wow. That's an eleven it, minute song. It's an eleven minute song. I think it's eleven minutes, twenty two seconds of just nonsense. I hyperventilated as soon as I heard it. I was like, Is that, <laughs> I just I lost it. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for alternative fuel sources, we just need to find a way to harness the energy of Weird Al's (laughs) live shows. I mean, he had some of the fastest onstage quick changes I've ever seen in my life. He did like 12 costumes in five minutes. Yes. It was unbelievable. So if you ever have an opportunity to see him live, take it. Don't ask questions. Just take it. That's what I did. Ricky said, I got an extra ticket. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And I said, well, I'm sitting right next to you at Weird Al. Oh, it was so good. And uh and here's the thing, like I think and this is probably something that we could you know probably talk hours for, but I think there's something to be said when you see a comedian like Weird Al like make it in the industry. It just gives you like I feel the same way about like Lonely Island. Like Lonely Island and all of their sketches and their presence on uh SNL and the internet and everywhere else and just like yes it's like like it like i don't have team spirit uh or even school spirit as it were uh for any particular sports ball team um except for toon squad for life uh but i feel that way with comedians uh i like when when a comedian who is kind of cut from a similar uh cloth makes it or like does something really great i'm like yeah like that's like seeing weird al succeed it's like yeah i did it oh nice i yelled the screen the same way that people yell the 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 football 
when 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 they're running to get mm-hmm. the the, the snitch. The, mm-hmm. You have that shared victory. That's I, I have that shared the, yeah shared yeah. victory yeah yeah. And this I feel like I felt the same way when I was rewatching the movie. I felt like I had never seen it before, but I'm like I own this DVD, and it's not the first time I opened it. But I could not point to you the last time I watched it. But it was so great to watch it from beginning to end and just see how it just uh, continued to be a delightful experience. Oh, so you watched it on DVD? Oh, yeah. The DVD video. So here's a fun thing about this DVD. It is some of the, the special features are split between each side of the disc because one is a widescreen experience. Okay, let me break down for you widescreen versus full screen. See, back in the day, uh, widescreen was basically how we see TVs now or see most movies now in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. But TVs back then were in a 4 by 3 more square and boxy. So they would fill the screen, which would be full screen, which is basically just a cropping in. And then the widescreen would be you're getting the full experience. So they had a two-sided DVD that was one full uh, one full screen, one widescreen. And so the special features were split between the sides. And so Weird Al, if you click on one of the special features that are on the other side, he will come up and say, hey, the special features are on the other disc. So flip oh. it over. If you keep clicking, he'll say the same thing, but he'll just keep on getting more upset with you. It's, it's just... It's great. That's so good. The it's lost like a, art of DVD figures. It's like the 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 origins of Bandersnatch. <laughs> yes. Just keep irritating these characters. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The format was a big thing for a long time, and then if you watched it on an airplane, they replaced the dialogue and made it an impossibly small square. So, but y'all yep. have to watch it together. Yep. Yeah, I think one of my favorite shows. Uh, had to be the show that I think we all know mm. would make a regular scheduled programming if we ever had our own network. It was a show called Head Cannon. Head Cannon is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie uh, and untold st- fart, fart. Uh, that's right, Ricky. Remember, Head Cannon is just like working at a fish market, except you don't have to kill and gut fish all day. Yep. Hey, Ken, it's part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. My headcanon is that this movie takes place in the same world as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh. Now, you might be wondering, Ricky, why? Because there are several moments where live action is super cartoony. Uh, like when um, his aunt pulls his cheeks and it's just like extra stretchy or when uh, Cody throws people out of the window um, and also um, the uh, when uh, we're going to teach dogs how to fly and they just start, keeps throwing these dogs out the window uh, I'm just like this is not our reality is it? It's this like really hyper uh hyper reality and super cartoonistic where cartoons in humanity kind of merge it's like a live action cartoon and so i think that that is what happens in the days following um who framed roger rabbit is that as those worlds 
are not as divided, uh, similar to what they explain in the documentary Space Jam. The more you're in cartoon world, the more you can do cartoon-like things. And so I think the the energy of cartoon world is just further merged into this world of UHF. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I accept that as truth. Thank you. Yeah. My headcanon is pretty simple uh, just because it, it's the rules of this world are pretty up for grabs. Um, but one character that really stood out to me was Philo. And my headcanon mm-hmm. is just that Philo is Doc Brown at the end of his life who has been alive for so long. He's like the doctor. He's been alive for so long. His family has come and gone. He camped out in the late 80s where you know his life changed and all that. Um, but now this was the last thing he had to do. And then he reveals himself <laughs> to be an alien. And I don't know. Maybe that's to, that was the effects of all those years of uh, exposure to plutonium is, yes. is what was happening. So, yeah, it was Doc Brown the whole time. Yeah, no, that that really tracks. And uh, I learned this um, just through my research that Philo is actually a, uh, a reference to the person who invented the television, which mm, is mm. Philo, Philo TV. Farnsworth. Oh, yes. Philo. Uh, well, we should look that up. I'm pretty sure that's true, though. No. I mean, Philo Farnsworth, American inventor of... The television. Yeah. And Edison tried to drink his milkshake, and he said, no, from now on, people will remember the name of Farnsworth. Farnsworth. And now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who'd you cast? What would the storyline be? Weird Al. Again, Mm. we open up on Weird Al and basically it's just him writing a new song he's just like madly like writing at a piano with his collar coming uncuffed and then Ryan Reynolds pops up and he says hey so I'm gonna need you to leave Weird Al's like I'm not done writing this next great song it's just like listen people don't listen to music anymore what you need to do is you need to make a movie Better yet, you need to make a movie that is so prevalent into pop culture that you are the next, like, basically face of every movie that needs to be made from here on out. And so then he's like, yeah, but I already did that with the television. He's like, hey, television's dead. It's all about streaming. And so Weird Al makes his own streaming network called FHU. And he just has a bunch of shows and dramas uh, or he just has a streaming network that he just lets everyone in and it's just basically the same thing rinse and repeat uh, except the villain is I, I, I don't know Disney Disney Plus I, I, I don't know Disney mm. just tries to acquire <laughs> I feel like the Amazon has just like a giant like snowball that absorbs everything yeah yeah but yeah one of those I mean that's also Disney there's no reason that I needed to change <laughs> The thing that you put down. Yep. It's bad improv. Uh, Yes and no. Yes and the other exactly alike thing. Uh, No, I like that. I think it it modernizes it quite a bit. 
Um, for me, if they did the same thing in the '80s, I think it would have its own char- like a Stranger Things type feel. But oh yeah, we've been, we've been rewatching uh, New Girl, so Lamorne Morris to me would be perfect for yes. this kind of energy and yes, this kind of hopefulness. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. Well, I, I was we've already touched on it twice now, but my kind of remake for it would be to intentionally cross paths with Wayne's World and make it like a shared sequel between the two of them. Yes, absolutely. I I want that. I'm going to yes and that. I want anyone who has Brad. ever had a TV show. <laughs> like I want a Keenan and Kel reunion mm-hmm. uh, to happen on there. Uh, I would love some SNL alums to come back. Uh, I would love for them to somehow do a In Living Color uh, revival somehow. Or maybe that's the whole thing is that like, Weird Al realized that everything is being rebooted. So he just starts rebooting all of these shows and bringing mm. back all of these people. It basically just becomes like a Muppets <laughs> tour uh, where he just gives everyone their own show. Uh, and it's just the show that everyone's wanted. And it's uh, people coming out of retirement or just reviving some of these characters that they've that people have been wanting to see for a long time. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Dead air. He takes dead shows and puts them back on the air. Oh, oh Grayson, that's so good. UHF colon dead air. <laughs> oh, Grayson, that's brilliant. Oh, oh man. Just because there was already a show started. called Reboot, so uh, <laughs> and they recently rebooted Reboot. So wow, you can only reboot so many face times in on itself. <laughs> I understand Tenet now. Snake eats tail. Uh, <laughs> excellent I love it uh, make sure you follow us on social media so you can know first when we launch that kickstarter <laughs> alright now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we like to give you our reasons to recommend so Grayson why would you recommend UHF I recommend UHF because Weird Al's genius for parody songs translates perfectly into a, this parody movie and like we said, he, he picked parodies that even at the time he knew would stand that test of time, like Indiana Jones and Rambo and Close Encounters and all of those kinds of moments um, where you can you know kind of ride the fandom of those big movies and bring it down to that level. Same thing like what he did with um, uh, Saga Begins, right? Take the biggest movie out there make it a song and so it feels authentically him um it it almost felt like watching uh certain scenes from man on the moon right where he has his own show and he's just gonna do whatever he wants and it's really refreshing especially at the time before you had the outlet of youtube where you could put whatever you wanted for everyone to see it there is this very appealing underdog aspect to this story and the, the dialogue is very witty, clever verbal jokes, but also visual gags to build on top of it. So it's got a lot of comedic layers and it, it plays with the whole spectrum of comedy. Um, it, it even yeah. plays with that self-awareness right off the bat of uh, him trying to steal an Oscar. Like this tongue in cheek is kind of looking at the audience for a lot of it. Um, <laughs> the only way they're gonna get an Oscar from this is to steal it. And I think they, 
they just play. It felt like everyone just came to work to play to make this movie, and and that's really fun. So my only wish is that he had continued to make more movies and really take up that parody mantle in film, like from Mel Brooks or Monty Python, and and, and you mentioned Airplane, too, very much in that that same realm. So that's why I'm, I'm excited to see him you know, do stuff with Auntie Donna every now and then, like that next generation. But I say next generation when the reality is like, he still has so many more years of comedy. Ahead. He's not an old guy either. Like he's just been doing it for so long. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe, maybe we start it here and now, some kind of UHF resurgence so that we can, I don't get a parody, get just another movie from Weird Al because I think it's what we really need right now. Uh, we just need things. Things have gotten weird enough. Maybe we just need to get a little weirder with more Weird Al. I I agree one hundred percent. There is actually one time they pitched to Weird Al, "Hey, let's do a reality show where we find the next Weird Al." And he's like, "Why would I do that? <laughs> How to put yourself out of a I job?" Put- <laughs> Why would I do that? I'm still doing the thing. Uh, absolutely. I recommend this movie uh, for all those reasons. And also just because Weird Al just continues to find the unique and interesting weird things that already exist in our world and, like, add to it. Like, I think Spatula City alone is just such a great premise of just a commercial and it's equally as bizarre as like just regular funeral home commercials like the fact that that that's just a thing that exists in the world is a weird thing but then to just amp amp it up of just like making it even weirder i just think that 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 takes talent and that takes perspective and it's something that i i would watch him do uh, a million times over so it's mm-hmm. it's a great uh movie that takes like remember watching television just discovering stuff as you're just watching tv instead of just intentionally selecting what you wanted to watch like that's how you discovered things and it was a is fun thing to be reminded of like people would just discover shows without even wanting to watch them and it's not because a friend recommended it it's just because the tv was on and so yeah be like this is funny what's this well it's been on for four years okay i'll hop on now i'll catch <laughs> exactly. the rest of it yeah uh and so it, it's just uh it, i think it's a big love letter to television um older television and just creativity and let your mind get weird so yeah that is why i recommend UHF. Yeah, he I mean Weird Al is the fun house mirror to our world. So we just need to gaze into it, both eyes open. Yeah, in Spatula City, he did that years before any Sham Wow commercial. I mean it's for a towel. It's for a towel. It's for a towel. And that is our review of the nineteen eighty nine movie. UHF. Let us know what you remember about UHF on our social media platforms, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Whoa. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean so much to us. It would mean the highest frequency that's even possible to achieve um, mm-hmm. by human hands. Uh, if you could leave us a radio review on your podcasting platform of choice on a scale of one to five uh, fishes, oh. um, how would you rate this? 
mm-hmm. podcast. Like on the wheel of fish, you give it a spin, you get one fish wheel or fish. five. Yeah, real fish, by the way, in that segment, and they shot it in the summer, so it was uh, less smelly in that studio. Yeah, it, and yeah. they gave them away to the host, like, "Hey, Billy, what's your name? We should do lunch. Here's a fish." And they just <laughs> give it away. I'm surprised the in memoriam wasn't longer, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> Five, one fish, two fish, three fish, four fish, five fish. That's our rating system. That's it. Six fish? No. No. Yeah, we had to stop it somewhere. We're not zoned for six. Uh, (laughs) Too many fish. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.